Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, everybody here. Let me uh, let me introduce Samantha Rogers. Samantha, you still at uh, you still at ArenaNet? Yes, currently at ArenaNet doing awesome. just creature art. Great. Okay. Well, in this conversation, we just kind of want to unpack a little bit about what you do. I know a lot of people that want to be creature artists, you know, and and then they have to be like, oh, they have to go into character, they have to go into environment, because you know, maybe there's not there's not a ton of creature jobs out there per se. Um, so this is going to be fun to kind of hear about you and and your job and and all of that good stuff, but. Why don't we start with just like a brief explanation, make sure everybody's, we're all on the same page. Like, what is it you do at, at uh, ArenaNet? What is a creature artist? Yeah, um, well, at ArenaNet, we do have a creature and character art team. And then at, uh, so I'm specifically on the creature art team, which is basically um, everything that is not uh, like an armor or anything worn by the player character. Got it. Or anything like it doesn't. I don't make any of the stuff that's like one of the five playable race in the game, basically. Okay. So we have a team making like everything, like all the creatures and just, which is sometimes like humanoid. And then we have a team just making like just armors for the the players to wear and stuff. Oh, that's, cool. That's basic uh, summary of it. All right. Basically, you're creating. Are, did I did I understand that correct? You're creating the non-player characters. Yeah. Basically, anything that that doesn't have anything to do with the the playable characters yeah. or like the, the, so our, our game Guild Wars 2 has five playable races in it. Yep. Basically anything that, that, that is not one of those five. Awesome. Okay. How'd you score this gig? Well, I posted my work on ArtStation one day and the team found me through there and started talking to me and did an art test, did an interview. And then next thing I know, I'm moving from California to Seattle doing creature art. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Uh, how long did the art take? Art test take? Can you give us some sense mm -hmm. of that? Because I know a lot of people get confused with art test and am I taking too long? And I think they, if I remember correctly, gave me two weeks, mm -hmm. and I had to make like a whole creature. They gave me a, like an older Guild Wars two concept, I believe. Yeah. And just gave me two weeks to do it. Two weeks to sculpt it and texture and render it. Cool. And they wanted it fully in game kind of situation marmoset, um, i just maybe. rendered it yeah in marmoset okay great not rigged obviously <laughs> i mean i did pose it in zbrush okay cool i All didn't right. just leave it in pose how'd you train for this you mean like how did i learn 3d art <laughs> yeah uh, i started learning 3d and when i was in high school i think i was in 10th grade and i just one day was like oh, i want to make creatures like what they look like in the movies just want to make them look like that so <laughs> i got a uh, mud box from the autodesk student mm -hmm. program thing which was pretty easy to get to do even though i wasn't like in, in a, a college or anything so i just downloaded mud box and started like sculpting creatures out of the prim primitives that they give you i don't i haven't used mud box in a while now i don't know they have like kind of dynamesh thing but at the time, they just had like cube spheres. Mm -hmm. So I would just I would just sketch creatures and then sculpt them on my own time in Mudbox. And then that eventually led to learning Maya because I had to like make this thing called base meshes, yeah. <laughs> and then bring them into Mudbox. 
so I could do like UVs and stuff. Yeah. So that led to Maya. And then once I graduated high school, I knew I wanted, I either wanted to go do art school or freelance. Those, I felt like those were my two options. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when I graduated high school, I'd already been doing 3D stuff for like two or three years. So I figured might as well just start freelancing because school's just going to like reteach Maya and everything to me, I figured. Right. So I just started like doing little small freelance thing for like indie game devs who needed like characters made and rigged here and there. Yeah. And that just got me experience and got me like uh, experience not only making 3D models, but also working with people. And that that also led me to learning uh, Blender and working in Unity because I didn't want to buy Maya. <laughs> so I just learned Blender instead since mm-hmm. it was free. Yeah, yeah, I've and got then, uh, several students in that position. It totally works. Yeah, yeah, I still actually use Blender at work. I'm like a, a Blender missionary. I just tell everyone about it. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> but um, that then I eventually started learning ZBrush in like 2015 because I knew mm-hmm. I would have to eventually learn it. Yeah. Because that's what I would have to use at work and turned out pretty great. Good choice. <laughs> and then that same year, I... Yeah, that same year I was posting stuff on ArtStation the first time. I had done like a couple models, like three or four models that I had been doing in between freelance stuff. Posted it on ArtStation and got on Trending and yeah, went to ArenaNet. Wow. So out of high school, right to freelancing and then um, from freelancing straight to to ArenaNet, huh? Yeah. (laughs) No college, no $100,000 in debt. I did do one online uh, Nomen class, yeah. but I kind of waited a little late to do that because I was like, I did that in 2012. Yeah. And when I was taking the class, it was a lot of like, I believe it was like some kind of character art for production class. Mm-hmm. And it was, even though it's the, it said it was like an advanced class online, I still, they ended up just going through like a lot of the Maya and ZBrush basics. Oh, wow. Okay. So I could have used something like that, like right out of high school. Yeah. I kind of waited. (laughs) I wanted to just use free YouTube and stuff, education (laughs) as long as I could, I guess. Yeah. But um, it works just watching, watching YouTube videos and reading stuff on Polycount and looking at people's sketches. Just doing a lot of that, doing speed sculpts, that's a really good way to just improve without having to go to school. What's the first thing you posted on ArtStation? Oh, one of these three things down here. The rotary I think phone. I posted them all on the same day. Okay. See, this is three years ago. Yeah. I think this was like the last thing I did before coming to ArenaNet for my portfolio. Okay. But I did this, and I did this, and I did this all pretty close. Um, all like in 2015. All right, hold on one second. Edison, Edison, are you in here? You see that ro- uh, rotary phone? We got to, we got to get your phone out there. Yeah. <laughs> Edison, uh, in the boot camp, we have uh, the first thing we have people do in the boot camp is um, uh, the first six weeks really they just focus on a prop and we just want that to be like a win. Yeah. And uh, just so they see the whole pipeline and they and they get that done. And Edison's was a um, was the uh, was a phone very similar to that. Very cool. Yeah, I think this was like one of the early, one of the first few things I did that mm-hmm. year. I just wanted to. I think I was still learning substance at the time. Yeah. I just wanted to pick something that I could do some interesting textures on and just just do it well. Great. Uh, so, what was the job you were hired for? Was it creature artist or was it something else like prop or? Yeah, it was just I just went straight to creatures. Um, when I came to ArenaNet, we were doing. 
our second expansion for Guild Wars 2. And so I just started making ambient creatures for the expansion. So mm-hmm. like little, I was doing stuff like this, just little one shot kill creatures that mm-hmm. just kind of run around the map and they don't really matter. <laughs> they just, they just give add a little extra life. Yeah. So I was doing stuff like that. And then I eventually got to like do some bigger creatures and then uh, I think I spent like six months on the expansion team just doing stuff like this. And then they moved me to a different team uh, called the Living World team, where we just keep making live content to put into the game every few months. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to that team, I got to do a boss creature, my first boss creature, which was Sky. And uh, at ArenaNet, the creature team, we don't always get concepts provided to us for creatures because... We don't have a huge concept art team most of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. They they have to do, like, environments and stuff, you know. And we have a lot of, like, hand-painted loading screens that are just really beautiful, but then we don't always get concepts on the creature team. So we have to do our, a lot of our own concepting on the creature team. Okay. So this guy, I just kind of, like, had sketches that the animator had done that I took, and then I just kind of started doing my own thing with it. So it was a big learning experience finally getting to do like a big creature that I had to design myself, work with a lot of people on it. Okay. I want to get back to that. But before we get to um, to that idea and, and really start to talk about your process, um, I I love the story that, you know, you, you're skipping school, you're getting right in there and, and, uh, and practicing. So what did you have to show or or did they see like one thing on ArtStation that they responded to? What, what did you have to show or did they have to see for them to, you know, start the the process of interviewing you? Yeah, I think it was this wolf guy that I did. It got, it's currently got like 200 likes at the time. I think it had like 80 or 100 and it was on trending and they just saw it there. And then that, you know, that leads them to the rest of your portfolio from trending. Right. Yeah, totally. I I felt like at the time though, this was one of my better pieces, obviously. A creature and other props as well. And what do you think is uh, like really connects with ArenaNet on this? Because one of the things that we have that we face is, you know, game artists or, or just 3D artists, really, is there's so much diversity in the style. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I find a lot of students are wondering, you know, do I focus on just a blizzard concept? Do I focus on a naughty dog? You know, because I always ask people like, what do you, what, where do you want to work? And they'll say naughty dog. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Yeah. You know, and then eventually somebody might say, well, I really want, you know, stylized and, and whatnot. But, you know, I think I have to do realism. So what are you think hmm. what do you think are the things that you know in this particular piece that we're looking at um you know that make a difference that made a difference anyways for arena net what is it that they look for in work Yeah that's a good question uh they never specifically told me <laughs> but I think it's just sort of the fact I don't I think like I have other realistic stuff in my portfolio with realistic textures. I feel like this guy I always see him as a little more on the stylized end. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really with Guild Wars 2 creatures specifically. I'm not sure if I would call them. I'm not sure if I would put them specifically in the realistic or stylized category. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have to read well because a lot of our players play uh, with the the camera zoomed far out. They like to be tactical. Okay. So they just have to read well from a distance, and then you can kind of go. I guess they're definitely not stylized. Okay. But they just what matters most is the, the the primary shapes read well, and then when you get closer, the details hold up. Okay, great. So so, so kind of like an aesthetic. This like... guy I think has 
Yeah. Strong. He's got a strong, you know, he's got this sort of like big, bigger shapes. Yep. And, you know, if you zoom out, I can see him being like, a, he kind of has like a Dota 2 character shape where they, mm-hmm. where they focus more on like the silhouettes zoomed out. I don't know. I guess that's my best guess. They never told me, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about the attention to detail, right? Because like, if we look at this, it's not super detailed in the sense of, you know, having all of, I don't even know what else you'd add to this, but it, it has, you know, a, a level, a very specific level of detail too in it. So it's got like the rope and the rope has some texture and the rope looks like rope. It's kind of cool. Um, you know, you've got the armor in there and, you know, you've got your primary, your secondary, your tertiary levels of detail. Um, so, you know, you're hitting all of the bells and whistles on this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's could have been what it was, but just also overall trying to get the people to read really well. Yeah. As a whole is very important as well. Okay. Got it. Okay. And uh, so, if somebody's trying to follow the model you are, maybe um, they're taking some online classes, but they're wanting to avoid, you know, the hundred thousand dollar debt for, you know, college. What's what? What's your recommendation? What are the steps that they should take? So you mentioned earlier, you know, hit polycount, hit, um, you know, as money as much of the uh, free training as you can, because you know you just need to stay up to date on all this stuff. But what what would you say you could recommend somebody do? Yeah, I highly recommend just um, when you're first starting out, choosing really strong concepts, Mm. not trying to do too many of your own. Here's the original concept that I chose. I just saw, you know, it looks it looks really awesome. So if I have a really strong, awesome looking concept to start with. Yeah. then that gives me a really good, strong start for my 3D piece that I'm going to make. Right. I, I highly recommend just finding really good concepts that you know you can do. Like, don't choose an awesome, like maybe the concept's awesome, but it's maybe out of your skill range. Just when, just start with something that you know you can do, and the concept is really solid, and just try to do it really well. What do you say to people when they say, yeah, I'm not sure if I can do this, but I'm going to try, and, you know, and it's definitely outside their skill range, but they are determined to just try to muscle through it? Yeah, you can do that too. You may not finish, but just try to give it your best and try to, whatever you end up with, try to make it look really polished. I guess. <laughs> okay. But maybe I think I like this advice of, you know, be aware you might not finish. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just starting out, try to choose stuff that you can finish because mm-hmm. you need to build up your portfolio. Right. Choose stuff you know you can finish and that you know is going to look good. Like what ab- the, the concept is really good. Great. And what about when you're dealing with some of the, the little decisions you made? So you mentioned in Arena that you don't necessarily have all this concept. But like if we look at this concept in your guy, um, you had to discover a little bit of like, what is that armor in his, on the forearm guards, the arm guards, you know, you probably had to figure that out a little bit. Like, is it overlapping scales like a snake? Is it something else? Um, and, and you made your decision. So, you know, what kind of advice do you have for that? Cause I know little details like that can stop people. Yeah. Uh, find reference. Find reference of something that looks similar or just think about what it's made out of. Mm-hmm. Find reference for it. And you can try to just kind of do it and try to like make it like, oh, this kind of looks bumps looks like the concept, I guess, moving on. Or you can try to find some reference and really like work on uh, work on making it look very convincing and realistic based on the reference that you that you found. It may not look exactly like what the concept is what the concept is suggesting, but yeah. you can find a reference. That is something real. Got like, it. I don't know, it could be like a scale pattern, like alligator skin. Yep. And you find some reference maybe of alligator skin, dark alligator skin, and just try to nail that and make it look good. And con- yeah. Okay. So 
I want to get to the boss uh, and your process on that a little bit because I really want to get people there. But before we kind of get there, um, what do you love about this job? Working at Arena now or just like making creatures? Just making creatures, really. Yeah, well, I really like uh, working with other people to make the creatures. Yeah. Like I get to work with animators a lot with on like the big boss creatures. Yeah. Especially uh, the two that I have in my portfolio. Um, I did for our raids team. So you just go in and the point of the, the mission is just go and kill the bosses, basically. So we, we get a lot of time to just work on the creatures and try to make them feel like they're alive and that they're intimidating. And so you get to work with the, the animators a lot. Mm-hmm. So you'll be you'll be modeling and like you'll be in Dynamesh and then the animator may come over and be like, hey, what if we gave them a second set of arms? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you go for it and you, you give them the Dynamesh model and he makes a quick test rig and tests out some poses. You can you can be working in your like your quick sketchy Dynamesh and you're you're doing these quick sketches mm-hmm. and you're you're passing them off to the animator yep. and he's doing these like test poses. And you're just kind of like trying to figure out what what would work good for the how can you how can you strong personality into the creature and you're even the the designers are coming over and they're kind of thinking like oh I'm thinking you might have this attack or whatever and it's just a lot of people working together to to create try to create something that feels alive and has a story. Hmm, that's awesome. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, just being part of something. Yeah, yeah. Everyone pitching in together to make this creature. As, as best as they can. That's cool. How What size are your teams usually? Oh, well, if you're talking about like a full boss creature, uh, like what I had up before this guy, mm-hmm. it was just, it was me. And then there was one animator, it's, uh, usually an effects artist because Guild Wars has a bunch of magic in it. <laughs> so there's lots of sparkles. Uh, there'll be a designer usually. So I guess like four people usually pitching in to make the, oh, and sound artist, of course. So that's like five people, I guess, that all kind of, usually come in together do you work right there with the sound guy i don't usually get to work with the sound people they don't usually (laughs) they don't usually ask ask me what they what i think the creature sounds like i'm sure if i went over and gave them suggestions they would they would do something but yeah they they kind of work on like the other side of the building yeah (laughs) (laughs) i had to ask because my nephew he's um he's over here visiting and he's like uh just a He's, he's obsessed with games and sound is his thing. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. They get to work in really cool. They have, I don't know about other studios, but I assume it's the same. They got this like cool sound room with a bunch of random items, bikes, stuff. And it's like, what are they doing with that? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they, they, they'll let us in sometimes and like the sounds. And sometimes you go in and you'll see the creature moving around, making the sound. It's totally different sound from what you initially imagined the creature making mm. it's, it's interesting <laughs> yeah so that's interesting that they uh rig a dynamesh just a, a simple dynamesh version of it right just to test it out yeah. and see what the character's like i don't think they really like it <laughs> yeah but sometimes it's necessary to just get something on the rig uh, we don't always have riggers available, so mm-hmm. a lot of times we have to just reuse rigs, mm-hmm. reuse existing rigs, so we ha- we can bring in bring in the the Dynamesh file to the rig file and just do like a quick waiting, and you can export it and just see it moving around really quick. So you can you can put it on the rig, get some animations playing on them, and be like, oh, I think his uh, his horns need to be bigger, or I think they need to be smaller because they're 
Got clipping it. into them or something. Yeah. Just like test out how the shapes look when he's actually playing the animations versus in a static pose and ZBrush. It, right. it really helps. Got it. But but yeah, the, our, we don't always have riggers, but sometimes you get to work with an animator that has rigging knowledge and they can just say, I want to add an extra set of arms to our existing rig and let's test it out. Let's get the Dynamesh in and see what it looks like. Nice. So that uh, kind of leads me to one of the things that, you know, I think it's important to kind of ask every artist that I speak to, but um, it sounds like, you know, you being resourceful is a really important thing at ArenaNet because, you know, you may not have a concept, you may not have a rigor, you may, mm-hmm, yeah. but what would you say are kind of the important things? So uh, rig, uh, being um, resourceful, what else are really important things to keep in mind for people who are, you know, let's say they're going to be day two on the job. You got hired the first day you were freaked out. Second day, what, what do they need to be prepared for? Uh, probably got to be prepared for your tools not working correctly. <laughs> that's what, that's what happened to me. Like my first week was just like setting up my tools. Yeah. Like all my, all my files weren't going to the right location, but I'm um, actually doing the work. Yeah. You, you want to, I recommend knowing more than just like if you're going in for, for modeling, if you're being like a character or creature artist. Sure. You got to be really good at actually making creatures, but you also need to have knowledge, at least some like working knowledge of how, how riggings and animations work. Okay. And yeah, because the more you know about the other stuff, you can get a little more creative with how, how cool stuff you can do with the creature. Got that it. makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So having uh, as wide a skill set as you can. I, I'd say try to do at least one thing really well, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hurt to, to have knowledge of other parts of the pipeline. Okay, got it. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, so feel free to, to, to divert it. But what do you think is like the thing that you're really good at? Oh, I, I think I do a pretty good job of uh, not only like doing the prototyping of the creatures and testing out, just sculpting. I try, try to be really good at sculpting, but mm-hmm. I also... I do have some knowledge of how the rigging works. Um, we we have uh, special rigging for like physics, making things swing around, and I try to like stay up to date with that, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Some of I, I feel like I I try to have a balance of like what is possible technically, what like what I'm recommending. So if that makes sense. It does. It does. So uh, let's see. This creature. I the... also have some. Some, some resources that I'd like to share with everyone okay, before great. we move on to questions. Yeah, we'll, we'll make that the last one right before the questions. So then um, talk to me about your process for sculpting characters, creatures, things like that. Do you start with um, Z-spheres and ZBrush? Do you start with the base mesh? Oh, let's see. Usually at ArenaNet, we have a, a rig that we have to start with. So if I'm working, if I'm at work, I'll probably grab the the rig and turn it into geometry. And so go, to grab the rig and like turn it into Dynamesh so that I know my proportions yeah. that I need to match. At home, yeah, I usually just depends if I'm doing like a bus sphere, of course. If I'm doing full body, sometimes I'll start with uh with uh, Z spheres, but it's also useful to sometimes just sculpt body parts and out of separately out of Dynamesh and just kind of like move them around sometimes kind of like kit bash your body parts like sculpt an arm and then duplicate it and just move it around make it a leg sometimes you get interesting shapes or sculpt the head and move around make it a chest stuff like that is, can give you ideas when you're just messing around got it and how about getting uh texture yeah it looks like we're on a um we're on an ad <laughs> uh how about getting textures what's your process for for kind of fleshing something out do you use substance 
Oh yeah. 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 Um, that layer stack is amazing. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I, I tell everybody, and I probably mentioned this in every interview that I can, and it's important for me to, I feel like it's important for me to mention this, but if I was starting out today, you know, I would not touch ZBrush. I would be like all over algorithmic and everything algorithmic did because they're mm -hmm. at the yeah. cutting edge right now. And if you can, if you can kill it in substance designer or painter, then that's, you know, much more important than being one of the hundred awesome sculptors out there today. Yeah, that's really important. Um, it's not all about the textures, though. You got to, of course, remember you need to have a really strong sculpt to put all the text textures on. Mm, that's great. Yeah. So you really want to be sure when you when you're sculpting a creature or a character, when you when you leave ZBrush, you really want to be sure that everything still looks really awesome still in ZBrush. Yeah. That's when you bring something something to substance, throw on some smart materials or whatever. Things can like kind of look really cool pretty quick, even just like throwing it on like a sphere, like, whoa, chain on a sphere, awesome, looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the stronger you make it look in ZBrush, it's just yeah. uphill from there uh, when you bring it into the substance. Got it. Uh, so how do you start your layer stack inside a substance? Oh, I guess I usually bring in my, my baked maps, like my AO and cabinet, and I just start balancing those out because uh, Guild Wars 2 is not not a PBR engine, so you have to bring in your baked lighting. You balance those out first in case anyone's going to like an older MMO or anything. <laughs> you want to balance out your lighting maps first. But um, if it's, I guess even if it's not, if it's not uh, PBR, you can still bring in like your cavity is really helpful when, or not your cavity, your curvature is really helpful when doing creatures. So you want to kind of bring those in, balance, balance out any like base layers, base skin textures or whatever, just get your, your very base layer that you're going to be piling all your details onto. So you get your base layer and then usually for creatures, you want to add like gradients and stuff. So you want to get your base layer and gradients. If you want to make their feet darker or their head lighter, you put those in as a starting and just making sure everything still reads really well before you go in and add in specifics. And then once you've got like just base basic shading done i'd recommend going and like adding in details like if there's scales on your creature you know their scales just go ahead and tackle that next just make sure you get your your base your base layers and colors and values and everything done first i would say got it i also recommend yeah. using like the the uh the the post effects in substance you can like turn up the contrast and saturation so you can just if you're working with a creature with like a lot of color you yep. can just turn all the way turn the saturation all the way down and still check your values make sure everything is reading really really well mm -hmm. just before i forget to say that <laughs> awesome all right why don't we look at the resources you've got for us and then we're going to open this up for q a and then we'll pop into we'll say goodbye to the podcast people yeah so i got here some like uh, cool creature people. Mm. If you're looking to do creature art, it's really important to to get like some not idols, like inspirations. <laughs> you want to get some inspirations, some something to a target to set your for yourself. Maybe I don't know about when you're first starting out. You kind of want to just build a folio, right? But eventually, you need to start setting goals. Like I want to head in this direction. You need to set milestones and reach those milestones, and then set a new milestone for yourself. So you all, you always want to keep setting new milestones yourself and keep growing. Yeah. So here are just like some people like this guy Ben Morrow. I really enjoyed looking at his creature art when I started out. He has some really cool like concept bus that he did for creatures. And Terrell Whitlatch is obviously a really great creature person to watch. Mm -hmm. 
this guy, we're pretty crazy about him at work, Gio. He's got some really, really strong primary shapes, but he also nails all the other forms as well. Yeah. Just really great, really great creature concept as well. Stephen Oakley got just awesome creature sketches. That's another thing. If you're looking to get into creature art, just look at just look at uh, sketches of creatures from great artists, and that'll really help your concepting skills. You just just look at their raw sketches. What are we looking for? Like, what is it that you you kind of notice in this? Well, like here, for example, he's got like I guess like thumbnails, kind of they're real small, and you think. Like this guy's got, he's got good like curved shape and then this guy's got like really great blobby shapes. And I should mention we're looking at Stephen Oakley's art station. Stephen Oakley, yeah. yeah. Great creature sketches here. I just love looking at stuff like this. Like yeah. no, no details or anything. You're just like looking at the shapes. I guess there's like minimal details. Yeah. But just like looking at stuff like this is really helpful as a creature artist. So Ben. Even, I, I love how he like thinks about what the creatures are as well. Uh, you mean in the poses and the way he draws them out? Yeah, you see he's grabbing onto someone's neck here. Ah, yes. Yeah, just looking at stuff like that really helps you improve. Just constantly keep looking at good art, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I see Paul in there, Paul Richards. Yeah, he's got great, like, demons and stuff that I love looking at. I don't think we, I don't know if we have time to go to each uh, yeah. portfolio. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's some, some really great people. I, I looked a lot at this guy's stuff, Neville Page, uh, when I was starting out. I really loved looking at his Avatar stuff. Yeah. Really great sketches. Yeah, Neville's and then, great. Uh, I haven't seen too much recent stuff from him. I couldn't find – his website's kind of difficult to use. So just like Google Google Neville Page creatures or something like that, you get some great results. Yep. And then lastly, I have like a, an article that our, our, our current studio director uh, wrote up that I highly recommend when you're when you're just starting out. Also, if you, even if you're currently working, it's just got like three simple tips on how to be a better artist. It's got them down here somewhere, but it's, it's really simple and it's really just true mm-hmm. somewhere. But it's basically use reference. Don't be a dick. <laughs> what is what are you making art for? What is it? And you should be ask yourself questions about why you're making the art. And there you go. You're a better artist. <laughs> Fantastic. Three yeah. easy steps. And a lot of hours. Yep. So um, <laughs> what does this mean? If you don't mind, I, I'd love to talk a little bit about this. What does it mean, don't be a dick? You know, because, um, you know, I don't think it, no, most of the people I are in my boot camp, you know, nobody's, you know, we're all just trying to get better at it. But um, what are some of the, the problems that people can kind of get into um, might be a good way to start this. And then also, I'd love to know if like if you had a difficult situation and how you had to handle that. And I'll preface this by saying that one of my students um, got a job and in the first three weeks, he was miserable, just miserable, oh. you know, because the boss was like saying, well, just figure it out. or And they weren't giving him any help and they weren't figuring mm-hmm. it, you know, he was just all on his own. And I, I understand what they were doing, you know, because they were cycling through to just see how resourceful this person is. And they were doing it the rough way. Mm, yeah. So, you know, and I get it from a employer manager perspective. It is one strategy that somebody will use and companies are all companies are different. Ultimately, he just he he, he worked it out, you know, because he's highly skilled and, and whatnot. Um, and he was able to finally just make things kind of happen and they kind of got off his case. But have you had any problems like that where you just, you know, there's just it's just painful. You don't know how to communicate and, you know, maybe there's some miscommunication. 
Oh, I, I, I feel like I'm lucky. I've things out of arena arena is the only studio that I've worked at in yeah. person yeah. and everything's ha- has been really great working there. The team's been really pleasant to work with. Um, I just say for, for yourself, just try to stay positive and just remember that you want to work on games. Is that your dream? Okay. Here you are working on games. Remember every day, your dream making games. Right. Uh, that helps me a lot. Um, when I used to freelance, I guess there were sometimes it would be kind of difficult trying to figure out what the person wanted. Uh, but you just have to just try to remember to stay polite. Remember that whoever's telling you what to do is probably paying you. So, <laughs> 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 so but yeah, I have I've been in too many situations, uh, too many rough situations, I guess. Lucky, well, I'll get back to you in a few years. I okay, guess. all right, we'll check in on <laughs> this. I just try to just try to stay positive and just try to remember that you're doing. Hopefully, you're doing what what you you love doing, what you dreamed of doing. Yep. Uh, what about personal work? Do you do you have to do it? Do you um, do you get time to do it? Like, how does that factor into your life? Oh man, a lot of days when I'm at work, I just feel burnout. I don't yeah. want to do personal work. Yeah. But it, it is very important to do, even if you can. Right now, I do a lot of lunch crunching. Mm-hmm. So just on your lunch break, I'm kind of antisocial. So I just eat lunch at my desk and take that hour to just do creature sketching. Just uh, dynamesh a creature, sketch it out real quick, bring in a marmoset, light it, move on to the next one, and try to try to grow with each one. Yeah. That's a good way if you if you feel like you don't have time, you know. Awesome. Try to keep doing stuff, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Try to keep, always try to keep sculpting and try to keep learning new things. Great. Thank you. Yeah, that is solid. So, uh, all right, guys, let's talk uh, questions. Um, I do have a question here from Joseph. Uh, other than Blender being free, is there any reason you recommend it? Uh, I think it's really good for modeling specifically. I think it has a lot of good free tools. It's open source. A lot of people use it. You can. There's a lot of free resources for it, I guess. Yeah. And I, I just, I just really like its modeling tools. Uh, we have to work in Maya at work, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of studios uh, work at, work with. So all our tools are made for Maya. Yeah. But I just end up doing a lot of modeling in Blender and just importing it into Maya. I yeah. feel like it's like a non-destructive modeling, so it uses modifiers. I guess that's what Max uses. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of like modifiers that you can switch on and off and mess with. I just, I just prefer that kind of modeling and it's free. You can freelance with it. You don't have to worry about buying, buying it to freelance with, it's true. you know, if you, if you're, if you're working and you leave, you want to do some freelance on your free time, or if you're a student and you want to do some freelance, you can just use Blender and you're good to go. Did you have to demonstrate to them that you knew Maya before they hired you or Max or something like uh, that? No, I don't think I, I know a lot of people at work also use Macs and then just import into Maya. So I, I, I want to say that's probably a thing for other studios. It doesn't really matter what tools you use, just as long as you can make it make really good art. And then you can, you can learn the studio's tools. Totally. Got it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Adnell is asking uh, about traditional sculpting. Do you ever get in clay? Well, I started just with digital sculpting. I just went from sketchbooks to digital, and now I'm trying to like get into like some uh, some traditional clay sketching. It's really mm-hmm. fun, but I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. But it is it is really fun. <laughs> yeah, longer though, right? Everything takes longer. 
Uh, some, it depends on what you're trying to do. I've just done like super quick, sketchy, or I'll do like some shells or something. Or mm-hmm. doing, you can just like squish things. Like, oh, I need an arm. Oh, I'll just squish this with my hands. There we go. That's that <laughs> wonderful. Uh, sketchy sketchy it's a sketchy yarn <laughs> yeah yeah i get it it's just, it's just really fun to get in there you know cool I get, you kind of have to approach things differently i guess kind of yeah. do a different if you if you're like me and you just started with digital it's fun to to know different ways of approaching three-dimensional art got it all right well let's say bye to the podcast folks all right guys um so i think that's going to call it to a day that's actually good timing we can get samantha back to her day job samantha thank you so much for taking the time yeah thanks for having me i i really enjoy listening to your interviews oh cool and your all the stuff you put on youtube i that really helped me when i was starting out just listening to people talk and watching their process awesome so it's great that i i'm able to be on one give back a little i guess yeah no and i'm so glad you know and it's really kind of inspiring to see your journey um you know coming from high school just freelancing and going right into the game and right into creature i mean that's really just a fantastic uh, journey so thank you so much for taking the time and sharing process and all that you're welcome all right guys have an awesome day and uh and, uh, and i'll talk at you at the at the next one all right ciao all right, bye guys bye All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.